Welcome to 721 Live. I'm Sam Hunter. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad you're with us today. We're talking about prayer. We've been talking about prayer. We're going to continue to talk about prayer because there are so many things to talk about when it comes to prayer. And today, we're going to ask the question, can I pray for my own good? Can I pray for my own benefit? Can I pray for good things to happen to me? And we will get to that in just a moment. Let me first remind you that 721 Live is the radio arm of 721 Ministries. Just go to our website at 721ministries.org, 721ministries.org. We've got past radio shows, all of these on prayer. This prayer series, we've been doing them for the last several weeks. We've got a Vimeo channel there. We've got lots of different things at that 721ministries.org. And our sister website, Putting Green Blog. Dot com, puttinggreenblog.com, where you can sign up for our weekly Putting Green devotional blog free of charge. And we've got our books for sale there, devotional books and other books all about following Jesus. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about prayer today. So let's, and we're going to do this this week and next week. These are the four questions that we're going to ask and answer this week and next week. And the first one is, can I pray for my own good? Can I pray for my own benefit? The second one is, can I wear... God down to get what I want. The third one is, what if, what if God did grant my prayers because I wore him down or I got what I wanted? And then the last one would be, and these are all building on each other, what would be the ultimate prayer request? What would be the ultimate prayer request? So the first, just to cut to the quick on it, can I pray for my own good, my own benefit, for good things to happen? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll see that in Scripture. Can I wear God down to get what I want? And most people automatically jump to the parable in Luke 18 about the unjust judge and the widow wearing him down until he finally, but that's not Jesus' message. So the first question I ask when someone thinks that they can keep praying and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying until God grants that request is, is that the kind of God you want? Do you want to serve that kind of God who can be worn down against his better judgment. And my second question is, when it comes to can I wear God down to get what I want by just going and going and going and going and going to him in prayer and prayer, which is what the message I've heard many times over my life. And so the quest, second question is, are you that stupid? Forgive me for being so blunt. Are you that myopic? Are you that short-sighted? Or is your, but really, do you want God? Do you really want to get your prayers answered the way you're answering them every time? And then that takes us to that next question. What if God granted my prayer request? And there are many times in my life, and you listening to me right now, I would have to believe there are times when you can look back and say, I'm so glad he did not answer my prayer request the way I asked them. He's always answering. He's always responding, but not necessarily the way we ask. And then what would be the ultimate prayer request? In my view, the ultimate prayer request is whatever it takes to get me closer to you. Whatever it takes. If my prayer request is not going to help me get closer to you, then don't answer it that way. If your answer, which is different and always better, but even if in the moment it doesn't look better, if it gets me closer to you or if I'm praying for a friend and someone comes to me and says, would you pray that... I don't go through a divorce. Would you pray that my brother does not go through a divorce or that the business doesn't collapse or the, or the healing and the health and report from the doctor? I'll say, sure, I'll pray for that. But in my heart, I'm going to finally, in the end, pray whatever it takes to get them. If they don't know you, whatever it takes for them to know you because eternity is a whole lot longer than whatever this temporary issue is. 
And if they do already, if they're already saved, then whatever it takes to go deeper in the kingdom. So can I pray for my own good, my own benefit? And let's start with just sort of this big picture way of looking at it. Jesus often talked about coming to your heavenly father as a child. This is who the heavenly father loves to receive and 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 re- respond to his people anyone who comes to him like a child so can so let me rephrase the question can a child approach their daddy and ask for things for themselves and of course the answer is yes now i can imagine that the dad could respond in one of two ways maybe multiple ways but really down to two ways one yes of course i'd love to give that to you that would get, that would give me great joy to give you exactly what you're asking for i didn't know that's what you wanted i'd love to do it for you another way a father could respond or a mother could respond would be no that's not good for you that's not good for you but look i've got something even better and I think that's the way it is with our Heavenly Father. Of course, as a child, your Heavenly Father knows what's, what you want and what's best for you. So he may say, yes, I'd love to give you that. That, that will give me great joy. Or he may say, you know, that is not good for you, and I'm not going to do it because I love you perfectly. But I got something bigger, and I got something better for you. So just trust me. So when I ask the question, can I pray for my own good, Jesus did. Jesus did. He modeled this for us. I mean, in this, the most obvious one is the Garden of Gethsemane where he said, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. He said, I don't want to go this way. I don't want to go through this crucifixion. He was, the human side of him knew exactly what was waiting for him, and he said, is there another way? He was praying for himself in that moment. Of course, we know that he ultimately surrendered his will and his way to his heavenly fathers and we'll we'll speak to that before we finish the show today but jesus did and then let's go to john 17 at the very beginning if you look in your study bible if you have a study bible it will say jesus prays for himself and then next he prays for his disciples and next he prays for us the future followers but he he prays for himself, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son that your son may glorify you and he goes on to to say everything about a prayer request for himself. Now, the obvious, the obvious idea here is that he's not praying for himself so much as he's praying to his heavenly Father. When he says, Father, glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you, remember that in this context, glorify means to accurately reveal. So Jesus is saying, show everybody who I am so that I can show everybody who you are accurately reveal who I am through this next process so that I can accurately reveal who you are. But he still, this prayer starts with Jesus praying for himself. Jesus taught us to pray for ourselves. Let's just go to the Lord's Prayer. There's no getting around that when you say, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts and lead us not into temptation, you are praying for yourself, for good things. Nothing wrong with that. In Matthew 7, 7 and 8, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Ask. Ask. And that does he didn't put a limitation on that. So not only did Jesus ask for things for himself, and in other, other situations as well, I just read you two, he taught us that to do this. 
we go back to the Old Testament where there are many, many instances, but one of my favorites is Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And I'll just read to you, starting at verse 9. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house, and in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. Hannah steps right up and asks, Give me a son. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. Excuse me. Uh, and I will give him to the Lord all for all his days, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Yes, she's going to dedicate that son, but she's asking for a son. And the Lord looks favorably upon her. He's happy to grant that request. Now, here's another one that is a little bit odd. And you may remember that years ago, Bruce Wilkerson made up sold a gazillion books called The Prayer of Jabez. First Chronicles, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. The interesting thing is, we don't know anything about this, this man Jabez. I mean, he's in the line of Judah, in the house of Judah. That's the genealogy that's taking place. But you've got this genealogy, and then we get to First Chronicles 4, verse 9. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Okay, that's Probably a good thing. Maybe the bar was pretty low. I don't know. But Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. That's asking for himself. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. There is no getting around that he is asking for himself. You know, it's as I look at this passage and I get to the end and he says, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. And then maybe, maybe that, could have been, that could have been slipped into the Lord's Prayer where, you know, lead us not into temptation, keep the, keep the evil one from us. But he says, so that I will be free from pain. That's a, that's a request. I'm praying for myself so that I, I don't want to feel any pain. I, I think I'll throw that prayer out there. Father, I don't want to feel any pain. Now, this book, The Prayer of Jabez, which I read, maybe it was 20 years ago, and it was highly popular, and it, the idea was pray big and pray bold. God loves for you to pray big and pray bold. And, and I, I think that's probably a, a good message. And I've also read commentaries where people, writers, try to insert a, a real spiritual, Christian, godly motive to Jabez by saying, oh, that you would bless me so that I could bless others and enlarge my territory so that I can use that as a platform for you. I don't see that in the text. He says, bless me and enlarge my territory. Make my business bigger. Bless my business, bless my family, bless my income, bless my household. Jabez is praying for himself. Now, you know, when he says, bless me and enlarge my territory, over the years doing men's ministry, well, I can give you two specific, because before I did men's ministry, I, I was in the renovation business. And I was renovating, renovating a house for a, a real big renovation job. And I was doing it for a man who was a really strong Christian. And he said, I think he was a little bit embarrassed. This was, I was born again at this time, but I had not started 721 Ministries. I was still doing these renovation projects. And 
he said, you know, this big room that we're adding to the house, you know, we can use this. We're going to use this for Bible studies. And then another man, this is when I was running 721, when we started 721 Ministries, he said, you know, I just added a big addition to my house, and, and, um, and I've got my wife and I both have brand new cars, and I'm just not sure about, I think I'm okay with spending this money. I'm not sure if the Lord looks upon this with favor or not. And he said, but, you know, this big addition we're putting on the house, we can use it for Bible studies. And I said, stop, stop. You don't have to convince me of anything. Are you giving money generously? Are you giving more than, than anybody would imagine? And he said, yes, I am. We're very generous with the money. I said, well, then don't worry about it. Quit. You don't need to make excuses to me. Build the big addition if you want to. Jabez wanted a ask God to enlarge his territory. Whatever that meant, and I assume in this culture it meant a land, but let's just talk about your business, your income, your career, your children getting into college, you bless me and enlarge my territory. And God answered that request. So yes, you can go to your heavenly father and pray for yourself. The Holy Spirit taught us to bring any and all petitions with a caveat. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything now, he didn't say, but in godly matters, or in religious matters, or in health matters, or in other people's matters. He didn't say that. The Holy Spirit says, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In everything. Don't hold anything back. And one of the men commented, you know, it, it, it seems like the way I've gotten closer to God, my Heavenly Father, is by engaging in, with him in, in, in prayer requests. And often things for my own life so that I watch him either answer it as I asked or answer it in an even better way. But Philippians 4, 6, which is a quintessential, one of those quintessential prayer passages, in everything by prayer and petition. Now that's two different words. Prayer and petition. Petition is clearly asking for things. Prayer I believe, connotes more of a sense of you, you have a conversational prayer life with God. You don't show up and ask him, petition him as a vending machine. So when we read this, bring everything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer, because you're in a prayer life with him already, you're not showing up and just dropping a prayer request coin in the vending machine and asking God, with petition and with thanksgiving. Because however he answers it, it's going to be bigger and better than however you asked it. Then we go to James. James taught us to. James 4, 1 through 3. When you, you, do not, you do not have because you do not ask, but when you ask, you, you do not receive because you ask for the wrong motives. Well, what are the wrong motives? How am I going to know if my motives are right? Because i got to tell you, my heart is divided. My, my mind is divided. I, I, I don't know that I can ask a prayer and not have some bit of selfishness in there. Even when I'm praying for somebody else, if things go well for them, that's, that's going to make me feel good. So I'm not trying to get wrapped around the axle here, but how do I know if I'm praying with the wrong motives? Well, James goes on to say that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So that doesn't sound like someone is asking for somebody else's healing or somebody else's marriage or their children's benefit. They're, they're asking for something to spend on things that they want. So, Father, 
I, I, I'd like some more money in my income. I'd like for this contract to go through so I can buy that boat. I don't know. That may be the wrong motives. We'll talk in just a moment about how you can know that your motives and your heart are in the right place. But we have one more lesson from the Holy Spirit in 1 John 5, 13, 14, and 15. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, who have placed your trust in Jesus, who have transferred your trust from yourself to him. That's the first one. I'm writing this to those of you who are born again, that you may know you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that we may ask anything according to his will, and he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. You know, that's a beautiful passage. But what, what dings me on this is if it's according to his will. Well, how do I know if I'm praying according to his will? That, that to me is a catch, you see. Ask and it will be given to you. Ask for anything. By the way, as long as it's according to his will. How am I going to know that I'm praying according to his will? How am I going to know if, this, if I'm praying with the right motives? Well, let's just think about it. Most of the time it's probably obvious, wouldn't you say? That you would know how you're praying. But even if not, I'd ask you to ask yourself two or three questions about your prayer request. Am I willing, am I even eager to say, not my will but yours? Or I would say in the modern language, not my way but your way. Are you willing to say that? I'm asking, I'm here, you, you, you gave me permission, you encouraged me to bring everything to you, so I'm here and I'm asking. But the truth is, I've gotten to the point in my life where I really don't know for sure what's good for me, so I'm going to present my prayer request, and then I'm going to say, you know, you do it your way. Do it, do it, do it your way, not my way, if your way because I want your way. I've gotten to the point where I, I'm not just willing for you for things to go your way, for things to happen in my life that would be your will, not mine, but I want your will, not mine. Another way is, are you willing to say the Daniel 3 prayer, which I just absolutely love, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say to Nebuchadnezzar, I, okay, you can throw us in this burning furnace if, if that's what you decide to do, but the God we serve, is able to protect us from that burning furnace, and he will protect us from that burning furnace. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, O Nebuchadnezzar, that we will not bow down to your statues and your altars and your gods. In other words, are you willing to say, I, look, I know you can do it, and I believe in my heart that you will do it, but even if I'm wrong, even if your way is bigger and better and it's not something I can see, I'm not going to lose my trust in you, and I'm not going to stop coming to you. How can I know if my prayers have the right motive, if I'm praying according to his will? Well, I could be like Mary in John chapter 2. When the, when the host run out of wine, and she goes to Jesus, and she says, we've got a problem here. And Jesus says, well, I, it's not my time. What, why are you coming to me? And then she just says to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. I love that about Mary. Just 
she didn't stay. She walked on off back to the party. Do whatever he tells you to do. Are you willing to say that in your prayers? You come to your Heavenly Father. You come to Jesus, and you put out there a request, a specific request, and it's a benefit for you or it's for good things for you or for your family or someone you love or whatever it is. Are you willing to say, but you know what? Do whatever, do whatever you say to do. And then the last test for me, the last thing that gives me a sense that I'm praying in his will, or at least my motives are correct, is like the royal official in John chapter 4, verse 50. He comes to Jesus, of course, and says, my son is dying. Would you please heal him? And Jesus says, okay, I'll do it. And verse 50, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. The man took Jesus at his word and and pay attention to this, and abandoned the outcome to him. He walked away. He took Jesus at his word. He didn't say, no, are you coming with me? Or are there any specific instructions? Or how do I know you're going to do this? He took Jesus at his word and departed. So when you go to your heavenly father and you go to Jesus, and they have already told you that we will always respond to your prayers, and it will always be the best, are you willing to ask for things that, yes, they benefit you. They benefit your family. They're good. Lord, bless me, as Jabez said. Enlarge my territory. But then be willing to take Jesus at his word that he's always going to respond and it's always going to be in the best way and then abandon the outcome to God. You know, I love that word abandon, and I use it specifically because it connotes really letting go of something really taking your hands off of it. If, if I were to say to you, uh, you know, John Jones uh, is getting a divorce from his wife, that would, that would give you one picture. If I said John Jones, you know, is leaving his family or they're getting a divorce, that would, that, would, that would present one picture. But if I said John Jones abandoned his family, that would be a whole different picture, wouldn't it? He walked away from them. He let go of it. He has no responsibility. He is not doing anything. He abandoned. And so are you willing to come to your Heavenly Father and say, here's what I'm praying for. I'm asking big. Bless me. Enlarge my territory. But I'm going to abandon the outcome to you. There's more to say. You can relax about your prayers. Because in Romans 8, 26 and then Hebrews 7, 25, we get a great picture of a handoff of your prayers. Romans 8, 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. The Holy Spirit takes your prayers. I don't know how this works, but I don't have to know how it works. I just chose a long time ago to believe what God tells me, what the Holy Spirit is saying. The Holy Spirit, we don't even know what to pray for. We don't know if it's selfish motives, if it's if it's uh, according to God's will, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. And then Hebrews 7.25, And therefore he, Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. So yes, picture yourself praying. And you don't know if it's the right prayer, if the right words, the right motive, or the right heart, is it according to his will. But you don't you just go before your Heavenly Father and put it out there and know that the Holy Spirit is going to take it, edit it just perfectly, hand it to Jesus on the other end, and he's going to edit it just perfectly and then hand it to his Heavenly Father who is going to respond just perfectly. So, yes, 
you can pray for yourself. And the problem might be that you don't pray, you don't ask enough. You ask too little. You're not asking for enough. C.S. Lewis, in one of his writings that's called The Weight of Glory, he said, we, Indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward promised in the Gospels, it would seem our Lord finds our desire not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when the infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what, he, what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. I love that. We're like ignorant children. We, we don't even know what our Heavenly Father has for us. We don't even know to ask for what he has for us. We, we don't have the imagination to go for what he has for us. But he does. Now, C.S. Lewis is not Jesus, and he's not the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit says the same thing in Ephesians 3.20. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, is at work within us. That's what C.S. Lewis is saying. Look, your Heavenly Father, Jesus... The Holy Spirit, they will do immeasurably abundantly more than you could ask for or even sit around and imagine to ask for. So we don't have to worry about going to our Heavenly Father with, with too big a prayers. He's a big God, and he's not a bread and water God. He loves to bless us. Now, your blessing will look different from my blessing. I hope yours looks even better than my blessing. But go to him and ask for yourself. Don't be shy about that. I heard a, a friend of mine gave me a little ending of a prayer that an older preacher used to pray when he was praying over someone specifically with an illness. And he would say, we pray for, and he would name the name and what it is they're praying for. And, but then he would say, but we ask from a very little perspective. So if your plan is bigger than this, please do it your way. Not your plan is better than this. Your plan is bigger than this because his plan is always immeasurably abundantly more than anything we could ask or even imagine to ask for. So yes, as we take these two-week series, yes, you can pray for yourself. The next question we'll get on next week is, can I wear God down to get what I want? And we'll look at the friend that shows up at midnight in Luke 11 and the unjust judge. And we'll ask the question, do you really want a God that will let you wear him down? And are you that stupid that you would want to wear God down? Prayer. Go to your heavenly father. Ask him. Ask him for things. Present your request to him in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which is the greatest gift of all. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm Sam Hunter, and this is 721 Live. So long, God's peace to you. I hope to see you next Friday.